0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Hot podcast. This is episode 657 for the 24th of Elul in a regular year. So today is day two of my birthday, believe it or not. Um, Those of you who listened to yesterday's episode know what I'm talking about. I was born being Hashmashos, So that means that I I have two birthdays. Uh, You can go back and listen to yesterday's episode at the beginning to hear more about that. Uh, I gave a birthday bracha yesterday. I'll give another one today that everybody moved a little bit shorter today. So there's an idea that people have a special power on their birthday that says mazel lo a person's mazel, a person's like commonly translated as like astrological influence. Uh, maybe a better way to think about it is like a spiritual influence that is, it's it's like predominant. It's, um, it's more prevalent during, on the day of a person's birthday. So, uh, so that's why you know it's thought to be that a person has a little bit more power to give brachas to give blessings during this time, even though we can always give blessings, right? So, uh, once again, I bless everybody who's listening to the show, as well as all of your families and friends and associates and everything, uh, to really be blessed with just a pure goodness, just revealed goodness, revealed happiness in every area of your life, whether that pertains to your family life, whether that pertains to your finances, whether that pertains to your health. We should only just experience good things. Uh, anybody who needs a Rufuah Shlema should have an immediate Rufu Shlema. Anybody who needs a shiddach or needs children should have, be blessed with children and, uh, and a shiddach if they need. And anybody who's lacking in parnasa in any way should just have an overflow of parnasa. We should all be very rich, and physically. So uh, with that being said, then happy birthday to me and let's continue on with the episode today. What if I were to tell you that I had inside information about a certain stock that you could invest in today and you would receive dividends on it immediately that you could use and that you could cash out on. And not only that, but you would also receive incredible returns on your investment that you were absolutely guaranteed of in the future that would only grow over time, especially if you were to continue to invest in this stock. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, guess what? It's not actually. (laughs) Um, So what am I talking about? It's not a stock. So I will give you that. But it is something that you can put your money into that is guaranteed according to Torah to give you these kinds of returns, both in the future and in the present here and now. That is giving charity. Yes, our favorite theme, the theme that we've been talking about throughout this Yerush HaKodesh, ha- the, the-, the theme of charity. So giving charity, we've talked about this from so many different angles. Today in Epistle 17, we're going to po- talk about it from the angle of what it is that we actually, what reward we get from charity. And what we'll learn is that charity is a really, really unique mitzvah uh, that is l- unlike any other mitzvah in the sense that it permeates all different levels of reality, whether we're talking about our worlds down here as we know it, whether we're talking about the, the worlds of the souls after people pass away and people are in heaven and they're studying Torah and whether we're talking about the future to come when there's going to be the resurrection of the dead, when, uh, when we're going to experience godliness here in this on, on earth in this physical reality, which is actually even higher than the, than heaven, if you can believe it. And how in all three of these realms, the power that art stucca giving has right now is so incredibly intense that it really manifests in all of these worlds in a very unique and special way that's unlike any other mitzvah at all. So rather than try to summarize all this on my own, I think we should get straight into the text and see how the altar of explains all of this, as he really breaks all of this down in such a way that it really can parallel other types of physical investments that we that we can think of, whether we're, we're investing in a stock or a company or whatever it is, that there's sort of like there's the immediate reward that you might get if you invest in a certain company, and then there's the future rewards to come. And there, similarly, there's these, this breakdown here as well. So let's get into the text and see how the author explains this. And again, for context, we are beginning a new epistle, epistle 17 today. And today we're going to Learn the first half of this epistle. So here we go. So the ultra it begins that it is known, and this is something we've spoken about before, that when there's an arousal from below, that which we call in Hebrew an Esarusa delatata, when a person arouses in their heart the attribute of chesed and rahmanus, of of kindness and of compassion. To everybody who is in need of these this compassion, this causes an arousal from above, and a tzaddik to arouse compassion, great compassion, rachamim from the source of compassion, to inf- to bring upon him to um, to bring upon this person fruits in this world and principle for the world to come. So in Hebrew, uh, fruit is perot and the principle is keren, so uh, principle for the world to come. So it's just like, again, if you make some kind of financial investment, the fruits would be considered like the things that you get immediately from that investment that you're seeing right away. And the principle is what you get later on. Like it's like that money that you put aside for the future and it's hopefully going to get interest on it as well. So the ultrabah explains in this case what is what are the fruits that we mean. This is the this is the the flow that comes down from the source of the rahamim, the source of compassion and the vitality of life, the life force of the fountain of life, which is God, that comes down here in this world in the way through the the evolution of the worlds, the Histelschlis of the worlds from above to below until it comes down here into this physical world in the, in the form of children, life, and sustenance. So in Hebrew, b'nei So basically this is a reference to the fact, which we've sp- spoken about previously so far, that there's this idea of, uh, of, of, of when you give staka, it actually gives you, and when you act in compassionate ways and act in kind wit, kind ways, this is a way to actually gain here in this world uh, good things for your family, like in terms of family life, good things in terms of your health, which is like the category of chayai life, and good things in terms of your parnasa, your sustenance, your profession, your livelihood, money, things like that. And what's the principle? What's the Keren? So uh, so the altar relates this principle to a, a quote from Tehillim, chapter 119, verse 96, where it says, me'od, where it says, your commandment is very wide. And so then he asks a question on this. He says, this verse is very strange, where it says your commandment in the singular is very wide. You would have thought that it would have been in plural, where it said modes. like we're talking about the idea of the commandments, like we're kind of, kind of trying to describe the commandments in some way, it seems like from that pasuk, and we're trying to describe them in this like kind of expansive way. So doesn't expansiveness equate many, like many commandments? So why is it just one commandment? and also in in parentheses he says we don't this word wide is also kind of strange like what what do we mean by wide why how can a commandment be wide what what is this referring to so the ultra says that no this is not a mistake it's never a mistake in in scripture right the words are very precise so when it says your commandment in the singular it's specifically talking about the mitzvah of staka which is your commandment so it's something there's something very personal about the mitzvah of staka it's considered to be god's commandment meaning that this is something which god himself da- does at all times so we know that God, there's a principle that anything that God commands us to do, he himself does as well, uh, which is a general kind of idea. But so when it comes to stucca, this is all the more so because when it comes to stucca, this is specifically, there's something very specific about this mitzvah of stucca that's very personal to God. And it kind of like epitomizes God's relationship to us because he's constantly giving stucca by keeping the world in existence. That's a stucca that he's doing. That's a cha- an act of charity, keeping the world in existence, right? vitalizing the world animating the world and this is something that he's going to do in the future even more so as it says and this is a citation from Bereshies, chapter 18, verse 19. And they shall observe the path of God to do tzedakah. Meaning to say that the way that we emulate God is by giving t'staka. But then again, if we look at the specifics of the verse, the wording of the verse is very interesting. Again, it says, Hashem. They shall observe the path of God. So what do we mean by the path of God? Why this word path? So, so the way we can understand this is like, by way of metaphor, when you think about a path that goes from one city to another, this is how this um, revelation of God happens, this revelation of God that comes about through this giving of stucca, uh, it, it comes about in this, it, like this path that kind of like in- goes through everything what we call um, and it permeates everything what we call this this light this revelation that happens is Sovivko difficult this is a term that's come up previously in Tanya if you you remember it it's a light that encompasses all the world so it's like it's not a light that is like specific to different individual creatures it's more like this all-encompassing light that that is just like throughout everything so just like a, a road that would cross through many different cities and it's crossing and it's it's you know you're in one city and you're in another city and it's the same road that's just like going, going, going. That's this light of Savil Kalamin. And this light of Savil Kalamin, the Altar Rabbi says, will be revealed even here in our world during the future times when we, there's the resurrection of the dead because the resurrection of the dead is going to happen in our world. But the way that it will become revealed down here at that time is through our arousal from below, our Esar through La Tata, um, through the, the Torah of Tztaqa, and giving generously, uh, gratuitously. So our giving, when we give in a gratuitous matter, when we just like give and give and give without any concern for thinking about it too much or anything, this is actually going to cause this revelation in the future in the time to come with the resurrection of the dead. And and this revelation that's going to happen in the time in the future in our world, in the time of the resurrection of the dead, is going to be, A much greater revelation than even that the revelation that's found in the lower and higher Gan Eden, in the lower and higher heavens. So that's intense, right? So now we have to understand what that means. What's this revelation in the lower and higher uh, levels of Gan Eden? What's that all about? So we know that in Gan Eden, in the heavens, so to speak, what we call it. So this is where we find all of the souls of the tzaddikim of the tanaim and of the neviim the prophets so the tanaim these were the scholars of the mishnah the oral torah so all of these scholars are currently found in the higher Gan Eden, which is at the high at the highest level. This is this higher Gan Eden is like the highest of all levels spiritually speaking, and in the future to come, they are going to come back and they're going to be resurrected. So there's this principle in Judaism that in the future to come, everybody's going to come back and is going everybody is going to be to be resurrected here in this world, and they're going to enjoy the splendor of the Shekhinah at that time. So. When we talk about this revelation that's going to happen down here in this physical world, how could we possibly say that it's going to be even greater than the most spiritual of all worlds, this higher Gan Eden? Like when we think about revelation, a spiritual revelation, like a godly revelation, like... Really, what tends to come to mind is this kind of like very um, high spiritual place, right? But the ultra-arpist specifies that in this place of Gun Aden and the revelation that happens in Gan Eden, that light that is revealed there is isn't in a way of Mimale kolamin. This is if you've been following on the Tanya, hopefully you're starting to get these terms. Mimale kolamin is the light that permeates all the worlds. So this light that permeates all the worlds, it is a very special holy light, of course, but it's in a way that's like, um, it's measured. So it's a way that it it kind of like descends. It evolves. There's an evolution of this light that goes from level to level and it goes through many contractions. So it changes along the way. Um, And, as, and and so that's in contrast with the light of of colamine, which does not change. There's something more transcendent about the light of sulfur that it like it doesn't. It's 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 more. Um, I don't want to say pure because it's like the malacholamine is more is pure as well. But it's it's uh, it's it's not as filtered. We can say, and uh and and this is at, and now the ultra says that this is how we can understand the teaching of the sages, where it says that the future to come the world to come olam haba was created with the letter yud what's the letter yud the letter yud is the aspect of of higher Chokma, supernal Chokma, which is called supernal eden that comes down through all the world as it is written so this is a quote from Tehillim, chapter 104, verse 24, where it says, you created all of them with Chochmah. So we spoke about this, this previously, that Hashem creates everything through his power of chokhmah That's that's how everything comes into the world, this power of chokhmah this... Um, the first of all intellectual attributes and there's another citation from Echad chapter 7 verse 12 that, and Chokhmah animates so the power of Chochmah has this power to animate to give life to create all of that and so now what happens in Gan Eden is that this uh this the revelation of a person's thoughts is revealed so it's is again associated with with uh with the mind, right? With thinking. And so, uh, so in Gan Eden is very much revealed each person according to their measure, because as it's known, the pleasure that the souls derive in Gan Eden is through understanding the secrets of the Torah that they were involved with in this world in a revealed way. As is discussed in the Zohar, um, in the Holy Zohar in Parshat Shlach. So, uh, and, and also in the Gemara, when in reference to an incident involving so i'm not specifically familiar with that that specific incident but the basic idea that the altar is trying to bring here is that the way that gan Eden works the the higher gan Eden is that it's in, in the pleasure that the souls get there and the revelation that they achieve is—it's an intellectual type of pleasure. It's like where they start having all these revelations and and understandings of really deep ideas that are related to things that they learned during their life on Earth. So there's a there's a correspondence to um, so there's a correspondence to the person's life here on Earth and what they learned here on Earth. And it's measured. It's each one according to their measure. So if a person learned a certain amount or certain topics or whatever, that's what the revelation is going to relate to. Versus, okay, so that all relates to the level of mammalical. I mean, that light that permeates all the worlds that's found and revealed in this heavenly place. However in the time of the resurrection of the dead it's going to be a totally different type of light this is going to be a light of so i mean this transcendent light that that transcends all the worlds uh which is not filtered in this way it's not it doesn't go through this contraction and it doesn't go through limitation and measurement, and uh but rather it's totally limitless and totally without end as was explained previously in uh in luca chapter 48 where we talked about this sub of calming so as mentioned we spoke about this idea before of these two levels of lights the mamala and the sub of calming you can go back and look up previous episodes where we spoke about that i don't know which episode number offhand unfortunately but you can look it up it's uh chapter 48 of the first section of tanya and um And now the altar says that this idea of the Sov of Kalamin, when we're trying to visualize it in our heads. So in Hebrew, the word Sov of Kalamin is surrounds all the worlds. So he says, we shouldn't think of it as like, when we say surround, some people might visualize a circle, God forbid. And he says, that's not what it is, but it rather, when we say surrounds all the world, what we're implying is the fact that it's not actually vested within anything. And he says, you should look there carefully and in, I guess in that uh section of the tanya where it's spoken about more so basically the ultra is emphasizing the fact that this idea of sub of kalamin is uh, it's not something um that we can kind of illustrate really but we use this term to just give us um, a sense of what this light is all about. So that's the end of the section for today. So it's kind of abstract today, I know. But the basic idea that uh, that we want to take away from this is that the power of giving stucca is really, really amazing. Because what happens when we give stucca is we're drawing down this certain light of God to be revealed. Here in this physical world. So it's not just like some spiritual kind of thing that's going to happen. It's like, first of all, it actually affects our lives here in the here and now and our lives today, where that's the fruit of our tzedakah, where it actually will help us with um, giving us blessings in relation to our family, which is the the category of B'nai in Hebrew, the category of health and life, which is the category of chayai in Hebrew, and then the category of sustenance, of parnasa of of livelihood of money things like that which relate to the uh, the um, the category of mazonai in Hebrew so that's the effect that staka has on us here These are th- this is the fruits of our giving and not only that but it actually is going to give us a principle for the future so we're going to actually get a great return on our investment that's really really great like beyond anything we could ever imagine which is going to be in the future time of the resurrection of the dead where this light of the sov of is going to be revealed which is such a high light it's such a a, 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 um, a great light that it's even greater than the light that is that shines in in heaven in ganedin that's the basic takeaway from today so there's a lot more to it obviously but that's kind of like the main idea for you to take away from it all so that's it for today and we're going to continue tomorrow when we conclude this epistle and i'll speak to you then